so delighted. Just remain standing just for a moment. So delighted to see you here in the room and to see you on the other side of that camera. I believe in moments. My life has been changed in moments just like this. We serve a God that, that interrupts moments and does crazy good things. I don't know what you need today. I don't know what you're believing for today. But I'm here to tell you, God's the answer yes. to this moment. Yes. There's answers that you can get in this moment that'll change the rest of your week. Come on, there's healing that you can get in this moment that you'll never find in a hospital. Come on, there, there is deliverance in this moment that you'll never find in a bottle. Are you with me? I'm here to tell you, we serve a God of moments. And I'm just looking for some help. I sure hope you didn't come to be entertained and I sure hope you're not here to spectate church is not a spectator sport we're participating it's not about me it's not about you it's about him so father we turn our eyes upon you yes. today yes. we ask you lord to come in this moment god you know every situation you know every circumstance you know the questions people are asking you know the, the dilemmas that they're up against and god i pray that in this moment as the church is gathering together here in this room and in this moment online, God, will you do what only you can do? Yes. God, I'm asking by the help of the Holy Spirit, the power of God would be in demonstration that as we preach your word, that you'd confirm it with signs following. God, I pray that this church would never be the same after yes. this day. That, God, we be so done with routine and so done with structure and so done with just normal living. That, God, you've called us to a supernatural life. Yes. And I pray, God, that that life begins, that heartbeat yes. begins in the life of your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen and amen and amen. You can be... You can be seated today. I'm so delighted again that you are here. And uh, I was looking in the mirror this morning at myself and looking at the shirt that I had on. And somebody likes it out there. And, uh, and I looked at it and the thought came to me that, well, what an appropriate shirt to wear for an appropriate day. Because perhaps we might just talk about the elephant in the room. So uh, put your seatbelts on, and uh, just a disclaimer up front, I might be using a lot of the Bible today. I sure hope I don't offend you. I think what the church needs more than anything right now is theology and doctrine and truth. Not your truth, not my truth, but the truth of the Word of God. Amen? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you... So I'm going to really teach today. We'll wrap it up and hopefully we'll excite you. You know, the Bible tells us as pastors in 2 Timothy 4.2 that we are to preach the word, that we're to be ready in season and out of season. And so, and so I tell God all the time, God, it seems like it's always out of season for me because I'm never ready. To, but he says, be ready to preach the word in season when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. And then God tells us as preachers, you need to hear this, God tells us as preachers that we are to
do three things in our preaching. In fact, it tells us that with careful instruction, that there should be three things in every message. Are you ready for this? Because the modern day church knows nothing about this and they want nothing to do with this. But God says there needs to be three things in your instruction, in your preaching. Give careful instruction and make sure that it has correction. See, I only got one amen. And, and, and somebody's already clicked off online. It, it should have a rebuke. No, nobody wants to be rebuked. But I want to be rebuked and I want to be corrected if it makes my life better. Come on, if it makes my marriage better, if it makes my finances better, come on, bring all the rebukes. You, the, the Word of God will bring correction to your life. And God says, in your preaching, when you preach my Word, it's going to do three different things. It's going to bring correction to your life. It's going to bring a, bring a rebu rebuke to your life. It's a good rebuke. And then it's going to bring encouragement to your life. Now, we like that last thing, right? Just give me encouragement. But what I'm going to give you today might not make you shout, but it'll sure help you on Monday. It'll sure help you on Tuesday to be victorious. Come on, it'll sure help you to get through your Wednesday. So put your seatbelts on because we're going to take a ride this morning. Are you here? Are you ready? Come on, online. Are you ready to go? If I have nobody else amening, amening me, I got my mom here, amen. A miracle right here. She'll amen me. You don't have to say nothing. I get excited just to preach, just to see my mom alive and breathing and well in her chair today. She's a walking miracle, sitting in church today, a walking miracle where the doctor says she ain't going to live long. She's a walking miracle, sitting in that. You don't have to amen me. I'm, I'm good all by myself and God and my mama. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Welcome to part two in our series entitled, Hell No. I like saying that. It just feels good to say that sometime. Now, listen to me before I offend you. Listen to me. I want to be very clear that I'm not trying to use this title to be cute and creative. I'm not using it for shock factor, but I'm using it hoping to grab your attention and awaken you to the Bible reality and invitation. An invitation to what? to stop the hell in your life, to, to stop the fear and the anxiety in your life, to stop the depression and the discouragement in your life. Can't get no amens yet. I'm going to find you somewhere. To stop the sickness. Does anybody need sickness and disease to stop? To stop the poverty and the lack, to stop the disasters and the misfortunes and the calamities in your life. Life. That's the purpose of this series. It says it's to say no to hell, to shut hell up in your life, in your family, come on, in your children, in your finances. The objective behind this whole series is this, this truth right here, is to establish this Bible truth that the church is the most essential thing on the face of the earth. In fact, if you read your Bible, you'll find out that the church is the only thing on earth that is guaranteed by God to succeed. Now, the problem is, is we live in a time where culture 
is trying to brainwash people into thinking that church really isn't that important and that church is not even necessary or essential. Oh, but I've come to shout it loud and clear. Come on, somebody needs to hear this in this room online. That church is so essential that it's the only thing that your God is committed to building in the earth. And it's the only thing, listen to this, that, that hell has no power against. You didn't hear that. It's the only thing, it's the only thing that'll shut hell up in your life. So today I want to talk about, I want to talk about the unstoppable, the unstoppable church. In Matthew 16, this is where we get our text. This is where we get the title of this series. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15 says, but you, but you, he asked them, who do you say, hear that, who do you say that I am? This is the most important question that every human being will have to answer in their life. And the way they answer will determine their eternity. Who do you say Jesus is? It doesn't matter who I say Jesus is. Who do you say? And your answer will determine your eternity. Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus responded, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And I also say to you that, you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build, upon this rock, upon this statement, upon this truth, upon what you just said that I am the Christ, upon this rock I will build my church, upon this understanding I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. Now, any time that you see gates in the Bible, gates are a symbol of power. It's a symbol of governmental or legislative power. So what Jesus is saying here is that the legislative governmental power of hell has no power over the church. That ought to get somebody excited. Because all that hell has to offer is bad. All that hell has to offer is misery, is sickness, is disease, is poverty, is lack, is discouragement, and depression. And you can go on and on. But all that power has no power over the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 19, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, the church. And, and, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, when you understand this truth and you're operating in, as the church, then whatever's been established in heaven, you can start establishing it in the earth. Whatever has been bound in heaven, you can start binding it upon the earth. Based upon this understanding, based upon this revelation, I will build my church and no devil in hell will be able to stop it because the church will know how to bind things and it'll know how to loose things. It'll have the keys to the kingdom. So the whole church thing, hear this, the whole church thing is not man's idea. 
The whole church thing is not a preacher idea. I didn't come up with the church thing. The whole church thing is God's idea. Come on, you need to think about that. Have you ever thought about, have you ever wondered what Jesus is doing right now? Now, we know he's in heaven. The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's actually making intercession. But you need to understand throughout scriptures, we understand that Jesus is doing more than just at the right hand of the Father and praying and making intercession for the, for the believers. Did you know that Jesus is actually doing what he said he was doing some 2,000 years ago, that which we just read? In other words, Jesus said, I will build my church. Nations have come and gone. Governments have come and gone. Institutions have come and gone. Organizations have come and gone. But Jesus is still doing, listen, what he's always done, he's what? He's building his church. And Jesus said that the church he is building, hell has no ability to overpower it. Hell has no ability to prevail over it. In other words, hell is rendered completely powerless in the face of the church. Hell, listen, listen. Hell does not know what to do with the real church. That's what we're trying to communicate. Hell has no answers for the real church. Why? Because when the church is the church, it's unstoppable. No, you didn't hear that. I got to say that again. Because when the church is the church, I'm not talking about this phony church. I'm not talking about this fake church. I'm not talking about the hypocritical church. But when the church is the church, the church is unstoppable. The church is unstoppable. The church is unstoppable. The church is unstoppable when the church is the church. So... I'm going to use an old King James word on you. That would behoove us. <laughs> Don't you like that? Behoove us. You've got, to read, you've got to read the old King James Bible to get that kind of word, right? In, in other words, it's obvious if what I have just said and what you have just snored through and slept through, if what I have just said is absolutely correct, then it is obvious that we as the church, hear me, we need to get understanding of what the real church that Jesus is building is all about. And so I'm going to take some time here, and I'm going to give you some Bible so you have an understanding what the church is. First of all, the church is not a destination. The church is not a building. The church is not a cathedral. The church is not a steeple. So many people think that's what the church is, but that's not what God's building. The church is not a service. Hello? This, it's not a service. It's not a sermon. It's not a podcast. It's not a Bible teaching that you can find on demand. I'm, I'm humored all the time. Well, you know, we, we don't really have time for church, but, 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 but we watch church when, 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 we, when we can on demand. That's, that's not church. That's not what Jesus is building. Church is not a club, a fraternity, Sorority. Church is not a, uh oh, hang on. Church is not a multi level marketing organization that you bring your Amway to and try to get some clients. Do, do, do they still have Amway? I, I, do they still have, I don't know. That, I, I, maybe that was old King James too. I'm not quite sure. 
But a lot of people think that's what church is. Church is not where you come and solicit contacts and leads for your business. You know how many times in, in pastoring this church I've heard people come and say, well, you know, that, I don't know if that church is going to be good for me. They're not as white, for, as white as I am. i got to go somewhere where some people are middle class, have some money so I can get some leads and get some contacts. Got quiet in here, did it? I got to go across the border, get, get, get where the real church is. That's not what the church is. So what is the church? <laughs> Elephant in the room. What is the church? The Greek word for church is ekklesia. In its simplest definition, the church simply means the family of God. It means the family of God. Church is not a place you go to, nor an event you attend. It's, it's, it's simply a spiritual family that you belong to. That's what church is. Let me show you this in Scripture, 1 Peter 1.3. The church is God's family. Notice here, God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members, what, of God's own family. When you, listen, when you're, you became a part of the human race when you were born into the world. But when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were born into what God says is his family, and that is what the church is. And, and, and so in First Timothy 3.15, it'll show us what God's family is. That family is the church of the living God. The church is God's family. Family. That family is the church of the living God, that support and foundation of truth. So, so the simplest meaning of that Greek word uh, translated into our English word church, ecclesia, simply means God's family. But let me go a little deeper because you need this deeper understanding and the deeper definition if the church is really going to be the church. Ecclesia also means, in its, its most literal definition, its most purest definition, it means called out and called together. Called out and called together. Now, now, now track with me. I know I'm going to give you some verses. I'm going to teach you, but track with me. Why is this, why, is, why should you be listening? Why is this so important? Because if we can be what, 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 what God says the church is, then hell can't touch you. Hell can't overpower you. we got to be the real church. So, so it's the called out and called together. So when you put it all together, the church is the family of God that is called out and called together. The church is the family of God that is called out and called together. Let me show you this through the Bible here. 1 Peter 2.9. Let me show you this in scriptures. Notice what it says here. This is talking about the called out church. But you are his chosen people. You are a holy nation. People who belong to God. That's the church. He called you out. The church has been called out. Called out of what? Called out of darkness of sin into his marvelous light. The church, for the church to be the church, you've got to be called out. Called out of what? We're called out of darkness, and we're called into the marvelous light of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called out, but we're not just called out, but we're also called together. For the church to be the church, you've got to be called together. Notice Ephesians chapter 2, 
verse 19. It says, you are members, members of God's family. That's the church. Notice, together we are his house. Together, not by yourself. Together we are his house. We are carefully joined, notice, together. So we're not just called out, but we're called together. Joined together in him, becoming a holy temple. There you are, the church for the what? For the Lord. Verse 22, and in him you two are, notice, being built together, not by yourself. It's a together thing. The church is called out, but the church is also called together, being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Oh, man, that, that, that'll preach right there. I don't know if you caught that. You need to understand when the church comes together, Together, I'm here to tell you there's something greater to be experienced than what you'll never experience by yourself. This service right here, you could never get this by yourself at home. There is a corporate or a collective anointing that the Bible talks about when people, when God's people, God's family comes together, when they come together and do what the church is supposed to be doing, that God says, I'm right there in, I'm dwelling right there. I'm, I'm the healer and I'm dwelling. I'm the deliverer and I'm dwelling right there in the middle of their together. First Peter 2.5. We're going to see both of them, the coming out and the coming together. It says, come and be his living stones. There's many metaphors throughout the Bible that, that, that's a metaphor to the church. Living stones is one of them. It says come, or you could talk about coming out, or, or called out. Come and be his living stones, that's the church, who are continually being, here's what the church is doing, we're being assembled into a sanctuary for God. Together, we're being assembled. I, I don't know if, if you know, uh, the, the boxes that say assembly require I run from. We'll buy chairs or we'll buy things. And, and what does that mean when it says assembly required? That means there's a lot of pieces to it. And you got to put it together. Hello, somebody. That's the church. We're all the pieces of God, God's family, and God is, listen, he's assembling us. When we come together, he's assembling the callings and the gifts and the abilities and the anointings all together. Oh, my goodness. He says, continually being assembled into a sanctuary. That's what he's putting, that's what he's building, that's what he's making. He's building us into a sanctuary for God. Notice, and we have a responsibility to serve as an individual. No, to serve as a group of what? Holy priests, and with the help of Jesus Christ, you will offer sacrifices that please God. So important. If you're going to stop the hell in your life, then you need to understand the church that Jesus is building. And I'm here to tell you the church is the family of God, the family of God that has been called out, and the family of God that has been called together. Are you with me? Now, here's where the breakdown really happens in, in, in the church. I think most followers of Christ understand the called out part. We've been called out of darkness. That's the exciting part, right? Been called out of the bondages of sin. Been called out of the lies of hell. Been called out of that hatred and that jealousy and that envy and that deceit. Been called out of the addiction. Been called out of the perversion. Been called out of the oppression. Come on, that'll preach. We've been called out of the sickness and the disease and the depression. Come on, that's the, I think all of us, under. that's what the church is all about. We've been called out of the bondage of sin and called in 
to God's marvelous light. I think most Christ followers understand the called out part, but I think where most followers of Christ really get confused is they don't understand that they've been called together. And you're not just the church being called out. To be the church and to stop hell in your life, you got to be committed to the called out and you got to be committed to the called together. Ephesians 3, verse 10, tells us and gives us an understanding of what we've been called together to do. Because not only have we been called out, been called out, but we've been called together. Most believers don't. Why are we called together? I can do this all by myself. No, that's not, that's not the church. You've been called together. Why have I been called together? For this purpose. Ephesians 3, verse 10. God's purpose in all of this. Hear it today. Hear it online. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom, his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice God has a plan for the church. The church is God's plan to do what? To reveal Jesus to the world. It wasn't enough just to get you out of darkness, but God's got a plan to call us together so that we can get other people out, oh, out of darkness. We're not just called out. But we're on mission. We got, we got a plan of God for our life. We were created for a purpose, to be called together to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I love this. I love, I love the message translation because it even makes it more clear of verse 10, the same passage. It says, through followers of Jesus, like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known. What plan? To reveal Jesus to the world. You've been called out of darkness, called out of that sin, called out of that addiction, called out of that pain, called out of that misery, called out of that spiritual death, called into eternal life, called into the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you weren't just called out into victory, but he called you together for a purpose, for an assignment. God has a plan for the church to come together. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to pop up here. I'm getting, re- I'm, I'm getting excited up here because if we could ever get the church to be the church, I'm here to tell you, hell no. No more hell is going to be controlling. We've been called out, called together. God's plan is for the church to reveal the Lord Jesus Christ to the world. So we have been called together to help build what Jesus is building. Jesus says, I am building my church, and I'm calling you out of darkness, and I'm calling you together so that you can help me build what I have been committed to building. I said it some 2,000 years ago, and I'm still building my church, and I'm still looking for family members that will be called out of darkness and help me build my church. He says, I'm calling you together to get busy building my church, to call others out of darkness into the family of God so that then they can receive Jesus and receive freedom so then they can turn around and call other people out of darkness and build the family of God from generation to generation. So we're not only called out, but we're called together for a purpose. Jesus expects you 
to help build his church. That's why the Bible calls us co-laborers with Jesus Christ. Did you know you're supposed to be a co-laborer with Jesus Christ? And can I remind you, Jesus is not building anything except his church. So when he says you're co-laborers, he intends for you to help him build his church. What? What is building this church? The family. Not a building, not a service. It's a family. Go get people out of darkness and bring them into marvelous light so they can turn around and become a family member so they can go get more people out of darkness. Are you with me today? That is the church. And that's the, that's the thing that the devil cannot prevail against. The family of God that's called out and called together. I apologize, I'm, I'm yelling, but I'm passionate about this because I, I found the answer to get hell out of your life. I found the answer to get sickness out of you. I found the answer, come on, to stop hell from tormenting our homes and our families. I'm here to tell you the church is unstoppable when the church is the real church. Woo! We are to use our lives, our careers, our resources, our money, in case you don't know. Our money. We're to use our relationships, our activities, our sphere of influence to do what? To help build the church. So if what you are doing is not ultimately building the church, if you're not building the church through your business, if you're not building the church through your job, if you're not building the church through your family, if you're not building the church through your money, then what you are building is a complete waste of time. It's absolutely true. God gave you that business, sir, to help build the family of God. God has given you those relationships to help you build the family. God has given you that retirement to help to build what he's building He's given you that influence. He's giving you the sphere, the sphere of influence. He's giving you those relationships. So at the end of the day, to bring people out of darkness and to bring them in to the family of God so that they can bring people out of darkness and bring them into the family of God. And that is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is it so important to build the church? Because the church is the only thing on earth right now that will last forever. I know this is sad news for some of you, but Starbucks will not last forever. <laughs> I got one clapping over there. It's because his wife goes to Starbucks all the time. This is, this is really going to sadden some of you today. Target won't last forever. Husbands will say, yay! Huh? Corporations won't last forever. Nations won't last forever. Your business won't last forever. You need to hear that. Come on, this, this is the stuff we need to talk about. We, we need to ask our question, why does it seem like hell is defeating the church? Because maybe the church is not being the church. Because Jesus says, if you'll build what I'm building, if you'll build the church, no, no devil, there's no answer that the, that the hell has for it. And I'm here to tell you the reason why this is the most important thing in your life is because it's the only thing that lasts forever. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Glory belongs to God in the church and in Christ Jesus. Notice, for all time and eternity. Notice that God and Jesus and the church 
not this service, the church. It's you, it's me, it's the family of God that's been called out of darkness and called together. That's going to last forever. For Thessalonians, when it talks about Jesus coming back for his church, a lot of church people don't know anything about this, but I'm here to tell you, this earth is not going to last forever. Jesus is coming back for his church, and this is what he says about the church he's coming back for. He says, we the church will be, or we the church will be with the Lord forever. The church is forever. Come on, your business isn't forever. Your dog isn't forever. Your house isn't forever. Why are we getting so caught up in the stuff that doesn't last forever? All that stuff is to help us. It's to resource us to build the most important thing on the earth. So for the church to be the church, number one, it means that you are called out. That's the easy part, isn't it? That's the easy part. Worship team, you can come back. For the church to be the church, make sure we we're tracking, because if I can be this, then I, get, I can get the hell out of my life. I can, I can say no, no to hell. For the church to be the church, it means that you are called out. That is the easy part, isn't it? That comes when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says that in that moment, he calls you out of that darkness and into the light. And most people stop right there. But for the church to be the church and for you to be able to stop hell, you got to be called together. It's not enough for you just to be called out. You have to be committed to the together. Hmm. Called into community as God's family to help build the church. If you're, if you're not about that, if you're not called into community, if you're not about being a part together with other family members, the church, if you're not a, about being a part of the family to help build the church, th th then you're not the church. It's not just called out. It's called together. God expects you to use your life to help build his family. So, so here's a rough statement. Here's a difficult statement. You can't do church by yourself because church is a coming together. People will say, well, I believe the Bible. Hmm. I love God, but I don't really care about all that, that church gathering stuff that they do, all that together stuff that they do. That, that's not important. That's just, just, that's just not my thing. It's not really necessary. Well, it's not necessary if you don't want to get hell out of your life. I'm just here to tell somebody today that the thinking that you could do church by yourself is absolutely satanic. It opposes everything in the Word of God and the very church that Jesus is building. Now that you're real happy, let me just read this verse to you. Hebrews 10, 25. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. This building, this service is not the church, but you are the church, and the church gathers together for the purpose, <laughs> oh my, to be on mission with God, to get touched, to get healed, to get delivered, 
to get training, to get discipled, what? So that we can be a city on a hill, a mission to go out and call people out of darkness into the family of God so that they can turn around, be helped through the gatherings. Are you with me? It says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting, notice, together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. The church is not the service, but the church has services. The church is not the discipleship, but the church is being discipled. What we are doing in this moment is absolutely essential for the church to be the church. And it's really easy to come to a place where you think this isn't really important, that I don't really need to be in this moment, this live moment together with other church people to accomplish the mission on the earth. But according to your Bible, it says, don't neglect the together thing. I think the church is good with the coming out of dark thing. I just don't think they're very good at the together thing. I don't know that they've really bought into the commitment of the together thing. And especially when society is telling you, ah, don't waste your time with all that stuff. What you need to do is spend your life at your job and spend your life at Costco, spend your life at Target, spend your life, you get the point. Did you know that before the pandemic happened in our nation, less than 20% of all people who called themselves Christians actually went to church on a regular basis? I kind of like the quietness in this room right now. You know why? Because maybe we need to be face-to-face with the reality of maybe that's why hell has an upper hand on our lives because we're not building what Jesus said to build. I know this is, I know this is tough. I know this is hard, but I'm trying to help somebody get hell out of their life. Listen, this is before the pandemic. Who knows what it is now, right? I mean, the church has bought into all kinds of lies. Can't go anywhere. Can't do anything. There's a pandemic. Can I remind you and help you read your Bible? There's more coming. Hell has another pandemic. And hell will have another pandemic. The Bible tells you it's going to get worse and worse for the world as this thing comes to an end. But that's where the church is unstoppable. Come on, that's where we rise up. And we don't, we don't go run and hide and isolate ourselves and stop being the church. Listen, the church needs to be the church. And we need to understand that no hell, no other pandemic coming our way can ever overpower our life because we are the city on a hill that all those people out there, I know I'm offending somebody. I know I'm making somebody mad, but I want to make you mad to change. I want to anger some of you. I want to correct some of you. I want to rebuke some of you. Why? Because I'm here to get hell out of your life. Woo! They're really excited in the room. I hope you're excited online. I've just come to tell somebody that something happens when the church is being the church. There's things that God will do for us together that you'll never see him do for you disconnected. How do you say 
hell no to hell? Start being the real church. How do you say? Hell no to hell? Stop, start being the church. How do you say hell no to hell? Start being the church. What's the church? The family God is called out of darkness and that is committed to being together with the family. Coming together. Why do we come together? To be trained, to be taught. You're being taught right now. You're being disciples. You're receiving doctrine. You're receiving truth right now. We're coming together to worship God. We're coming together to give our resources. We're coming together to, to, to fellowship, to encourage one another. And, and why are we doing all that? So ultimately, we can be the light to the world to call people out of darkness into the family so that their lives can be changed, so they can become a part of the family, and they can help us reach more people and grab them out of darkness and build the family of God on the church. If you want to see the effects of the church that I'm talking about, go read the book of Acts. Do you know that Acts is simply a diary of the unstoppable church? It's the most amazing thing. That, that's, it's, it's called the Acts of the Apostles, but actually the, the book of Acts is really the Acts of the Spirit of God empowering the church to do what it's supposed to do. Did you know it said of the early church, when the book of Acts is when the church was birthed. It's said of that early church, if you watch them be in the church, it's amazing because they knew they were called out of darkness and they knew they were called together into community. And they did it. And the Bible says that the book of Acts, those, that, that early church turned their world upside down. I declare it's time for the church to be the church to turn its world upside down. I wanna, I wanna close with this story today. In, in the book of uh, Acts chapter 12, I'm going to just read a couple verses. I'm going to close, but, but you need to hear this. I believe this will really help us today. It says, Acts chapter 12, verse 1, it says, At the time, King Herod, King Herod used his power to make it hard for Christians in the church. It says, He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it made the Jews happy, he took hold of Peter also and put him in prison and had 16 soldiers watch him. Verse 5, notice this now. So Peter was held in prison, but those in the church were earnestly praying to God for him. This is one story of many stories in the church where the church was really unstoppable. I want you to catch the story here because the Bible says James has just been actually beheaded. The, the, Peter and James, they're, they're actually the, the disciples. They're actually apostles. And James has just lost his life. And so Herod realizes that it's pleased the church. So what he does is he grabs Peter, and now he arrests Peter. And now he's going to do the same thing to Peter the next morning. He's going to take the same sword that he, that he cut uh, James's head off, and he's going to cut Peter's head off. Because it thrilled the world. It thrilled the people. And so that night in the prison, the Bible says God sent an angel. Mm. God sent an angel and busted Peter out of that prison. That angel came in where Peter was sleeping between guards, and the Bible says that angel kicked Peter and woke him up and said, Peter, get dressed. And then the Bible says the angel began to escort that, the, the Peter through, 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 through the gates that were opening on their own accord. 
Chains came off, shackles came off. And, and for some reason, the guards couldn't see it, paralyzed or whatever, and the angel led Peter all the way out to the outer, uh, outer prison, and the Bible says that the outer gates opened on their own accord. I'm here to tell you, church is getting ready to see things open on their own accord. Things are getting ready to open up that have not been opened up. I declare over a woman's womb today, it's getting ready to be opened. You've been barren, but I'm here to tell you, it's getting ready to be. Somebody needs to receive that. And the Bible says when they get outside the prison, hear this, the angel disappears. Now, Peter thinks the whole time he's dreaming but he's not dreaming, he has a reality check, the angel disappears, and he realizes that he's outside the prison. So the only thing he knows to do is to go find where this prayer meeting's happening. Notice that when he was in prison, in prison, there was a church praying. So he goes and he knocks on the door, he knocks on the door, and Rhoda, a girl by the name of Rhoda, comes and opens, actually she, she peeks through the door, sees it's Peter, she's scared spitless, they're praying for Peter, they're praying for help for Peter, but she's scared when she th sees Peter, she thinks it's an angel. The modern day church would never think it's an angel because we know nothing about angels, but I'm here to tell you, the church is getting ready to experience angelic help. She shuts the door, tells the other praying church gathering members that were together, hey, Peter's outside the door. What we've been praying has just showed up at the front door. Now, I want to read in Acts 17, Acts 12, verse 12, and we're going to close. It says, it says this of the people of God, the church. It says, he knocks on the door, what? Where many people had gathered together and were praying. Where many people had gathered together and we're praying. The church is being the church because they're together. The church is not just the called out, but the church realized, hey, we need to get together and we need to pray. So Peter shows up at the prayer meeting. Now here's what you need to understand in, in the scripture. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that the church was praying when James lost his life. It only said that the church decided to pray once Peter was in prison because they seen that James had lost his life. I wonder how much we have lost because we haven't come together doing what God said to do together. Because when the church comes together, we worship, we praise, we declare God's good, we learn about the Bible. Come on, we pray, we seek God. The only, the only difference between James and Peter, oh, here today, the only difference is that you find a church together praying. I'm here to tell you, hell has no answer. Hell cannot prevail over a church that's come out of darkness, but has come together into doing what God has called them to do. I hope today that you're hearing what I'm saying. Jesus is building his church and hell will not prevail against it. And if you'll build what he's building, I'm here to tell you, there's no devil in hell that'll be able to stop your life, your home, your family. Come on, do you see that today? In this building, would you stand to your feet?
Hell can't prevail against the called out ones. Hell cannot prevail against the called togethered ones. Because the called together ones are the ones that have the keys. And say, okay, we lost James because we were too busy. I wonder what they were doing when James lost his head. I wonder if they were busy doing their jobs and busy doing their activities and, and busy doing their leisure. I, I wonder what the church was doing when James lost his life. They said, we're not going to lose another one. We have power over this hell. We have power over this evil. This might not be for everyone, but I believe I'm helping someone today. Stop the hell in your life. Simply done. Be the church. Not the church of America. Not what, not what our society has made it. But be what God is building. And he's building a family. And he's calling us out of darkness. And he's calling us together into that family to do the plan and the mission and the assignment to let people know about the love of Jesus. Father, I thank you today. Pray that our eyes would be open, Lord. God, I pray that we'd make adjustments. God, that you would use this even for celebration to move into its place of the unstoppable church, to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth, in this community, in this city. God, the revelation, that understanding, that awareness would come, that church is not something we go to, that we are the church, and that when we're committed to doing what you're building, and that's the answer to what we've been looking for, the answer to stopping the evils of our life. God, would you take this moment today, for those that are online, those that are in this room, and by your word, would you, would you confirm it with your signs, with your miracles? God, and just like the book of Acts, May we too become that unstoppable church that turns our world upside down. Or you, or you pray and just with your eyes closed online. And if you're here today and you came into a pretty heavy message, but God still does what God does. If you're here and you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'm going, to, I'm going to actually do what the church is to be doing. I'm going to give you an invitation to come out of darkness. Simply done. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says you shall be saved. That if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ died upon the cross, was raised from the dead. The Bible says if you believe that he paid your price upon that cross, took your sin, that he became sin so that you could become righteous, if you put your trust in that, you will be born again. If that's you online, you in this room, you know you're far from God, you're not right with God, you've never made that commitment, that's the first aspect of the church. That's how you get in the family. If that's you, I'm going to just invite you into this prayer. 
just pray this prayer with us. Say, Father God, come on, say it out loud with all your heart. For those that are praying that for the first time or even making a rededication, Lord, pray with all that's within you. Pray with all your guts. Say, Father God, today I surrender my life to you. I receive Jesus as my Lord. I believe he died upon a cross. I believe he took my sin. I believe he rose from the grave so that I could become righteous. I receive the righteousness of God today. And from this day forward, I'm going to live my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, somebody. Did you get anything today? Did this help anybody today? Uh, hey, before you leave, I just feel, I just, 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 man, I, I feel something. I spent so much time at the beginning of that message. Man, I wish I would have had more time with the story of what happened with Peter there. But, man, I, I hear God speaking. When Peter came out of that prison, those doors opened on their own accord. Man, I hear God saying, get ready, church. Things that have been shut up, things that have been locked up, things that you could not make happen on your own are getting ready to open. Come on. Online, you need to receive that. Come on. Doors are opening. Doors that no man can shut. Doors are opening. Father, I pray over your people today, God, that those doors that the enemy has held shut, has held people into bondage and held people into misery, God, open those doors today for them. Doors of favor. Doors of opportunity doors of blessing, doors of healing, doors of deliverance. Lord, we receive it today. And we thank you, Lord, for the help of your word. We thank you, Lord, that we're becoming the church that you're building in Jesus' name. The church is God's family, and the church are the called out ones and the called together. And when you're doing that, church, there's no hell that can prevail over you. Amen. Amen. All those online, we're going to send you out to the... Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.